tonight uh, at GZM we're going to continue in our process of going through the steps. Uh, this week we're going to talk about step six. Step six is that we were entirely ready to let go and God to remove these defects of character. You know, as we've been going through it, you know, we've been talking about the fourth and the fifth and writing stuff down and making our list, praying through things. You know, and as we go through these lists, you know, we there's a part that we look at our our side of this. You know, and we have these areas in our lives, and, and many of us know, you know, this one or that one, you know, of areas that we don't really like about ourselves. We don't really need people to cut us down. We are the best at that. You know, we character assassinate ourselves pretty well on a regular basis. Technically, if we had someone follow us around saying the things that we say about ourselves, we would fight them and beat them up and tell them that they're nasty people. But the truth of the matter is, is a lot of the times that we, the things that we think about ourselves are are pretty horrible, to be honest with you. I'm no good. I'm unworthy. I'm fat. I'm ugly. I'm never going to make it. Jesus doesn't really love me. You know, I'm never going to find a wife. I'm never going to find a husband. You know, I'm going to die. I mean, the list goes on and on and on of the stuff that bombards our brains. You know, and part of that is arresting thoughts and bringing them back to the obedience of Christ. And part of that is symptoms of things that are rooted in us. You know, so as we're going through this process and we're trying to dig up everything, that we're, we're trying to get to the root system of what's really going on. That I'm a firm believer that drugs and alcohol and sex and anger and all these other things that we struggle with, food, gambling, you name it, this is my issue. It's not really the issue. You know, as we peel that away, we get some sort of clean time. We get some sort of sobriety. We get some sort of distance between us and the last time that we've acted out in these sins. We realize that I'm still just as dysfunctional. I'm just not using my other coping mechanism. And I don't know how to transition this stuff over to Jesus. And we try to play good Christians and we throw around the good Christian terms and we have a bunch of verses that we know and sometimes use out of context, but we don't really pay any attention to that. You know, and we have these Christian bumper stickers, you know, cliche sayings that we say. But we don't really know why we keep doing what we're doing. You know, and, and we're going through this process. We're trying to find healing. You know, and it, it talks about in the Word having these weeds, having these tears, having these things in our lives that they, they mask themselves. You know, that, that the wheat and the tear would be in the same place. And before the wheat would really produce fruit, before it would bud, you couldn't tell the difference. That So if you didn't get them out quick, you almost would have to let them grow. And that they played very close attention of uprooting these weeds because it could kill the harvest, it could kill the crop. <clears throat> you know, and it's so important that we, we realize that there is things that have been sown into our lives. You know, We've been abandoned, we've been rejected, you've had somebody tell you you're ugly, you have had somebody tell you you're worthless, you've had somebody tell you that you're an addict and alcoholic and you're never going to change, you have somebody tell you you're fat, you know, and there's these things that have been sown into our lives. And then the media shows us 
what guys and girls are supposed to look like, and we can't ever get to that place because most of those have been photoshopped anyway. But even if they haven't, we see somebody else and we're like, I wish I could be that person. You know, we go to the gym or we're out on a walk and we wish that I could look like that or I wish that I could be like that. So we're constantly in this not being content, not being happy with who we are. So we have these things in us that we wish were different. You know, and if we we don't really get to the root system of what's going on, these areas, these weeds, these things, these character defects that have been sown into our life can really steal the light and the water, which is the symbols of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, from the good seed that's been planted in us because we're catering to these character defects and we spend so much time, you know, operating out of our weed system. You know, so as we're learning to pull out weeds, you know, a lot of times in our lives that I'm going to go on a diet and we buy all the right food, right? And basically what we did is we went out into our lawn and we saw all the dandelions and we just chopped them all off. Like, look, perfect lawn. And then we come back a week later, and all the the food that we bought for our diet is rotting in our fridge. And we're sitting on our our couch going, why did I eat all that McDonald's? And we look at the lawn, and all the dandelions are growing back. A lot of times with our weeds, we, we cut off the head, and we oh, praise the Lord, you know, I'm doing better. But we didn't really deal with what's really going on, and we... You know, as Christians, we've become fake. As Christians, we've, you know, masked ourselves at what Christians should act like, and we don't really know how to be transparent. You know, and as we get to this place that if we don't pull out the weeds, you know, not just cut off the heads of things, really begin to look at what's going on on the inside of why I continue to struggle in these areas that these things grow back. You know, there's a thing called a taproot. You know, and there's certain types of plants that if you don't pull out the the weed system, just a tiny little piece of the, you know, the root system of some sort of weeds will grow the entire plant back. Some you can rip out and they don't grow back. Some, just a little piece of that, you know, bottom part of that root will begin to grow that that plant right back. You know, and so there is times that we've gone through counseling and we've done some step work and we've been in sort of some sort of program and we felt like we've dug out these weeds. And then we don't pay any attention to what's going on in the garden. And next thing you know, it's like we're infested with all these weeds again. Why am I acting out in this way? And why am I struggling with this? And why is my anger coming up? And why is lust back? And why am I eating everything that I see? You know, there's all these things that we go through and we get some victory and then all of a sudden, without paying attention, you know, we're infested with all these areas that are out of control again. You know, so it's so important that we get rid of things completely. You know, and the only way to truly get rid of the root system to some thing is to dig it out. You know, and that's what the process of the steps is really doing. It's we're exposing things, we're looking at things, we're trying to do a fearless and searching, we're going deep into things, you know, and we're trying to expose things, and we're trying to look at things. But the step is saying, I'm entirely ready, you know, which which is tricky. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm ready for all the, 
you know, all the bad stuff to go, and I don't ever want a trial again, and oh, there's a trial, and it must be that I'm a horrible sinner, and that's just not true, because Jesus uses life to teach us to be dependent upon him. You know, and it's so important that we press into him, you know, in, in times of difficulty. You know, nowhere in the Bible does it say that we're not going to be tempted. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that there won't be storms or there won't be trials. You know, that he says that we will suffer for his sake. You know, so just because we have issues and things that we're working on doesn't always mean that they contribute to the chaos in our lives, but they can. You know, sometimes life is just life, and it, and it comes at us whether we like it or not. You know, so as we're really looking at this, this blueprint of doing our step work, that, you know, as we're going through it, we can see certain things that keep popping up. You know, for me, you know, I was a very angry man, and as I did my first initial step work, I started to realize that everything was rooted in some sort of fear. Which, to be honest, pissed me off. It made me very angry that I'm this scared little kid. You know, but the truth of the matter is, is as I really looked at it, fear was one of the biggest things that I had to address. You know, and as I, I started to dig into these areas, I started to recognize this is a fear and that is a fear. You know, and now when I get angry, angry, you know, that I start to say, all right, Tom, what are you afraid of? And it instantly gives me the blueprint to start looking at where's this rooted in? What's really going on? You know, oh, they're not listening to me. Or, you know, they're not paying attention. Or I'm not getting my way. Or I'm afraid of money. Or I don't think God's paying attention to one single prayer that I've prayed in a decade. You know, like there's, there's things that, you know, fear begins to blow out of proportion because we, we allow it to, to continue to go out of control. You know, and as we, we really look at some of these things, we have to pay attention to them. We have to dig it out. We have to not let it run out of control. You know, and it's so important that we allow people to dig with us in our garden. You know, in a sense that, you know, we can't do step work by ourselves. You know, we can't walk with Jesus by ourselves. You know, I think that it's, you know, there's a blueprint that Jesus had 12 people around him all the time. You know, and he, purposely had three you know and i ask you who's your three who's the three people on a regular basis that you're in contact with you that basically know what's really going on with you and there should be three but at the very least there should be one you know the people are like it's just me and jesus those people are crazy i mean because that's not a blueprint that we see in the bible anywhere you know, maybe some Old Testament prophets that are hanging out on a tree wishing they were dying. But, you know, as we walk with Jesus, there's a community that we live with one another. We worship with one another. We're walking with one another. He sends the disciples out two by two. That there's people that we should be living life with. And as we go through this process, we should have a guide, a sponsor, someone that's worked their steps to help us work our steps. But as we start working on accountability, you know, and, and character defects and shortcomings and amendses and, and all these different things, you know, we, we need people alongside us that as we're living life and we come across things that are difficult, that we can send out a text and say, hey, pray for me, I'm struggling. And if those people know you well enough, they have a basic idea of what you're struggling with. You don't have to go into this long, detailed message as to what's going on. 
that they have a basic idea what's going on, and they can pray. And that's all you're really asking. Will you please pray for me? And that's all you have to text to certain people, and they know what's going on. That if you have to, like, start from fresh with somebody to catch them up, then that person is not really in your circle. It's that you've been isolating yourself for far too long, and then now I have to let you in on all the stuff that I've had hidden, and everything is overgrown. Everything is out of control. My relationship with Jesus, I don't know where he went. He disappeared somewhere. He's like, I'm standing right here. I'm just hiding behind all your junk. You just can't see me anymore. You know. So it's important as we're going through this step process that we're trying to get all this junk out of our garden. We're trying to get all these rocks and stones you know, boulders out, we're trying to put down addictions, we're trying to get free from fornication and pornography, we're trying to put down the cupcakes, and we're trying to we're trying to say, Jesus, you are my only God. I'm putting all these idols aside, I'm I'm destroying all these idols, and I need Jesus in my life. I want to be free. And as I'm getting free, there's this stuff that still feels like it's it's imprisoning me because I want to be different. But yet, I get to a certain place, and I'm still stuck. Even though I'm dealing with stuff, and I'm processing, I'm giving Jesus stuff, I'm doing better than I ever have, and I'm still like, why can't I get forward in certain things? You know, and, and all of a sudden, there's this, this weed that's stealing the nutrients from my relationship with Jesus, because when crunch time happens, trial happens, storm happens, I allow this character defect, old coping mechanisms, to come out, rather than my relationship with Jesus, the fruits of the Spirit, you know, different areas of how I should act, truly act in Christ, not my, you know, my my Jesus face, that, oh, praise the Lord, I'm here on church on Sunday, you know, the way I act when no one's paying attention, you know, the, the real person that I am when no one sees me, you know, that person, you know, that that stuff is still preventing me from truly having freedom in Christ. So it's important that we have people that walk alongside of us, although it's God that removes it. No one can save you except Jesus. But we need people to hold our hand. When we want to run away, they're like, sit still. Let's do it. We can do this. And we're like, no, 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 time to go. And we're like, no, 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 hang on. Jesus is doing something. Like, wait upon the Lord. No, 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 I can't. And run away, run away. You know. And it's the people that are alongside of us that we're hooked to you know, we lock arms. It's like bricks in a mortared wall. Like, I can't move. And that's a good thing because most of us are runners. Most of us, at the time anything doesn't go our way, it's like, I'm in a different state. That didn't... <clears throat> but we, we have times that we move to different states. That's a good promotion and move in life and there's good times. But there's other times that we, we just run. You know, I believe in the geographical change. I had to do that. You know, if I didn't leave, you know, if I didn't leave Binghamton, you know, I would have never gotten sober. Never. There's no way that I was going to walk around that town and run into my friends and like, hey, what are you doing? I'm going to a meeting. Yeah, go have fun. There's no way. It wouldn't have happened. It's just there's no way I could have done it. You know, and some people can. Although I have used here in Utica, that it was different. Those people, the relationships I have were close, but it wasn't like when I was partying back home. You know, so I've made the same disaster here. Why? Because I carried my defects. Wherever I go, I take myself with me. So just because I changed geographics doesn't mean that everything is going to be beautiful. 
it means that I have still got work to do because I got to work on some of the areas that are still got some issues in my life. Anyway, got through that. <laughs> it's totally an accident, but anyway, um, <clears throat> you know, and then there's the side that self can't see self. You know, we can't see them. We got them, but we can't see them. And there's people in our lives that have been like, hey, you have this issue. And they're like, no, 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 I don't have that issue. You know, no, you have this issue. No, 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 I don't have this issue. Self can't see self. You know, the only way that we can truly see our face is if we look in the mirror. And the Bible says that, you know, if we don't apply the Word of God, we don't live by the Word of God, it's like looking in a mirror and forgetting our face. You know, that sometimes there's things that the Word of God is telling us, and we're like, yeah, we're just with the pain trick, we're not dealing with purity today. You know, we're not, you know, that's overrated. The Bible's written a long time ago. We like the Jesus stuff, but anything that has to do with conviction, we'll just rip it out like Thomas and Jefferson did. You know, like, you know, and, you know, it's so important that we allow the Word of God to be our mirror. Because we are to be Christ-like, and this is Christ staring us back in the face and saying, I don't align with the Jesus that I should be aligning myself with. Because for me, when the, 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 the switch flipped is when I stopped trying to get sober, and I started becoming more like Jesus. I spent many years trying to get sober, and it just didn't work. Because I'm constantly trying to resist something and thinking about something and you know, obsessing over something that I'm not supposed to be doing anymore. And when I started to realize that just getting sober puts the bar way too low, that most of us, every one of us, is sober today. So we have achieved the goal. So now that I've achieved the goal, what do I do? I, 24 hours, I achieve the goal. And there's truth in that in the moments when we're really, really struggling. But once you get some time on your belt, then what do you do? You know, we coast in recovery. Well, I have this amount of time. So what? You know, and I can be just as jacked up with a decade sober as I was the day I walked in if there's areas of my life that I'm not working on and I'm just making it about being sober. So when I started to look at it's not it doesn't have anything to do with being sober. It's about my relationship with Jesus. God couldn't, what if you were salt, relieve this obsession, but it goes deeper in that of God can change me as a man. And I needed to let God into the depths of who I was so that I could change and, and overcome my old man that continues to destroy everything he touches. Because I can have a year sober and still destroy everything I touch and have nothing to do with a drink and not even think about a drink because I'm still lying and stealing and cheating and then da 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 You know, the list goes on and on of the the character defects that are still there once I put a drink and a drug down. You know, and it's so important that we realize that it's about Christ's likeness. So if we don't allow the word to really look back into us and say, this needs some adjustment. I need to start praying this stuff. I need to start applying this stuff. I need help. I don't even understand this, but it's beating me up right now. You know, and we ask these questions like, oh, all right, that makes more sense. You know, and Christ is far more simple to have a relationship with than religion allows. Religion says there's these bells and whistles and rules I have to do and I have to go through the motions and I gotta make sure I present myself in a certain way around certain people 
And then I live a completely different way that I hide myself because I can't really be exposed because people will judge me. But the truth of the matter is, is I'm still just jacked up, even though I've gotten away from a couple of my sins, even though I believe that Jesus has forgiven me for some of them, but some of them I'm still doing. And I don't know how to get free of them because I can't tell anybody because they'll tell me I'm a sinner, which is true, but I don't like it when they tell me that. You know, and, and the list goes on and on of the stuff that we go around. So we, there's times that people are in our blind spots and they need to say, hey, you have this issue. You have a boy problem. You have a girl problem. You have a finance problem. You have a cupcake problem. You have some sort of, you have an anger problem. You have a, an authority problem. And you're like, no, I don't. You know, our first response always is, no, I don't. And it's like, yes, you do. And like, no, I don't. You know, and it's like, I don't want to look at that. You know, and so often, you know, <laughs> The, the character defects that we see in other people, the ones that really irk us, the ones that really just send us over the top, are the ones that we possess the most, and we can't see them, and we really despise them in other people, and we wish that control freak wouldn't be a control freak, because I need to be in control. You know, and the story is, is we point one finger at one person, and we got three pointing back at us, you know, and... We need to realize that sometimes we're blinded to these and we need our accountability partners and sponsors and pastors and people that love us that that speak constructive criticism that aren't trying to tear us down and be like, yeah, yo, you got this issue, yo. And, and it's so important that we realize that, you know, that we have the right group of people around us that are doing these things in love, that are trying to help us to grow, they're trying to help us to weed our garden, and we're trying to get these things out so that we don't continue to trip. You know, because so often, you know, we get a little bit of freedom and then boom, we're back down on our face again and we don't know how to get back up because we're entangled by, you know, these weeds that are sucking the life out of us. You know, and I just wrote down a few, you know, this is not an all-encompassing, you know, list of character defects. It was just some, you know, anger and resentment, fear, pity, you know, I justify everything. You know, I have condemnation and pride. I lie. I'm dishonest. I hate. I hate everyone. I hate this. I hate that. Apathy, impatience, jealousy, lust, envy, laziness, procrastination, overthinking, anxiety, depression, negative thinking, judgment, criticism, you know, intolerance. I gossip, you know, false pride, you know, and the list goes on and on and on. This is just a few you know, and most likely I, I ran over a couple of you just in that list as I ran over myself. Don't get me wrong. You know, we all have stuff that we're working through. And to be honest, sanctification is going to be for the rest of our lives. We don't ever reach a moment like, yeah, I got that Jesus thing down now. You know, I don't have nothing to work on. And if you run into those Christians, run away from them because you're about to join a cult. But anyway, you know... <clears throat> You know, that we're always going to have something. And we shouldn't beat ourselves up because perfectionism can be one of these things, too, that I, I have to do it perfect. And if I can't do it perfect, then I don't do it all. And we start things and we don't ever finish them. You know, why? Because I got to some area that I'm not perfect in, and we're like, doop, doop, back in the denial closet. We don't have to deal with that today. Praise the Lord. You know, and it's like we've learned these coping mechanisms that are still dysfunctional, and they've worked. And they still work. Some of them still work. Anger still works. However, it normally hurts people. You know, and there's things that still work. You know, codependency. 
kind of works. If I pat your back, you're going to pat mine. We get this relationship. It's going to work out all great. But the truth of the matter is, is God's saying, hey, work on this, and I want somebody else to do it because I don't want to do my own work. But I'll be quick to help somebody else do their work. You know, and we go around and around and around and around. The thing of it is, is the person that we are today should not be the person we are a year from now and shouldn't be the person we are five years and ten years from now. That we should be putting some of these things, uprooting some of these things, as we're dealing with the ones that the Lord is saying, hey, let's deal with this. You know, many, many years ago, as a CR leader, this isn't in, even in my addiction. This is with Jesus, ministry leader to celebrate recovery and, and discipling people and, and, and doing this. I had a severe anger problem. You know, and God really started to deal with it when I got out of control. And it wasn't really anybody. It's like, I'm so sick of myself. I just can't stand being this angry all the time. You know, and God started to show me how I had unreachable expectations. You know, and part of it was like this religiousness, you know, I'm trying to be holy. And part of it is I'm trying to drag everybody to Jesus. And it was like very frustrating and I would, you know, be angry. So I would use anger to control and get people to serve Jesus for the name of love. You know, and it's like... And finally, I just said, enough, enough of this. And I remember very clearly, it's probably about seven or eight years ago, I got up here and I said, I'm going to work on being angry. I'm going to be a man known for grace. And there's people that were sitting in that CR that night laughing because they were close friends of mine. But anyway, you know, and today, am I going to say that all my anger is gone? No. But I guarantee that the majority of that stuff is gone. I am a, a happy man majority of the time. I, I carry myself with grace. You know, I am a completely different man than I was, you know, even five years ago. I'm a completely different man than I was a year ago. I'm working on stuff. I'm praying through stuff. I'm recognizing stuff. I don't just justify these areas that continue to pop up and hurt me and hurt the people that are around me. You know, that it's so important that we're in this process, allowing Jesus to, to remove these character defects, that I stop using them, you know, the way that I used to, that I start using him and my relationship with him, and I, I do things with love and peace, and I, I try to carry myself with joy, you know, many, many years. I mean, it's only been in the last three years. So I was a Christian, you know, ministry leader, and I had no joy. And my mother, and the cheerful woman that she is, she would always give me ribbons and presents and signs and lights that always say joy on that. And I'm like, yep, it's awesome. And I would go to pastors. And I'm like, I don't get this joy stuff. And joy is my strength. I don't get it. I don't understand joy. Don't get it. Oh, joy is in salvation. Joy is in eternity. Yeah, it's great. I'm not there. I don't have joy. I don't get it. You know, I'm like really struggling with it. But when I really started to release things to God's control and stop trying to be in control, that all of a sudden joy started to come because I realized that I didn't have to figure it all out. I just had to trust Jesus. Now, I would have told you years prior I trusted Jesus. But I only trust Jesus if Jesus is going to give me what I want. If Jesus doesn't give me what I want, I'm going to get what I want because that's what we do, right? But the truth of the matter is, is that that doesn't always work out so well. 
how many of us have chased something that we want and it destroyed us for a minute. And maybe we didn't pick up and maybe we didn't crash and burn like we used to because we do have some Jesus and we have uprooted a bunch. But this character defect definitely set us back a minute. We're trying to recover from this character defect. Wasn't an addiction? No, maybe, sort of, I don't know. God said, nope, give me that. And he uprooted something. And the next thing you know, we're like, oh, I can't do this anymore. And he's like, you're good. Be filled with me now. And we're like, I just want what I had back. And Jesus is like, nah, it wasn't working out so hot. You know, and we go through these seasons where sometimes he's like, okay, time to remove this. Remove this person, remove this thing, remove this job, remove, remove, remove. And we're like, this is the worst thing ever. He's like, no, you're good now. Like, now you're actually going in the right direction. You know, and all of a sudden, within a minute or two, we realize that, oh, I needed Jesus. I had Jesus, but I lost Jesus because my focus went on my character defect. You know, and I start, you know, really watering my weeds rather than watering the fruits of the Spirit in my life. You know, so it's so important that we begin to recognize how God's starting to remove things and, and change us and heal us. You know, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous says that fear is the number one causing issue of our problems. C.S. Lewis says pride is the root of sin and that every other sin arises from it. St. Augustine said that pride is the sin that's pregnant with all other sins. You know, and, you know, you can, you know, say that fear is pride and pride is fear, and you can go around that. But the truth of the matter is most of everything that we deal with, if you boil it down to the very tips of our root system, fear and pride are going to be in there. So, you know, these are partially character defects that we're going to deal with for the rest of our lives because they're really in our flesh. You know, they, we were born with them, we're going to have them. But the, the amount that I allow it to, to act out is really up to me and my relationship with Jesus. You know, I can be a very prideful person and I can act out in fear, you know, and have a relationship with Jesus. But my decision-making gets filtered through those filters, so it, it hinders me from walking in complete freedom. You know, and, and these are types of, you know, character defects that I can be doing good for a long period of time and I go through something and boom, they reemerge real strong because, you know, they're, they're rooted in our flesh. It doesn't mean that we can't be humble and it doesn't mean that we can't be courageous, but we constantly have to be paying attention to these character defects because they, they hinder us on a, on a major level because they're rooted deep into our flesh. Others are learned or others are sown into us. Somebody else planted that weed in us. So we can get that out pretty easily. You know, resentment. I can get that out. I can be a man that walks with forgiveness and grace. But pride is something I'll have to be paying attention to for the remainder of my life. Fear is something that I'll have to address. You know, it's a common, it's a major theme throughout the Bible is fear not, I am with you. You know, over and over and over again, you're going to read these verses about fear. Why? Because people are afraid and we don't trust God. You know, so as we go through our lives, these are things that we should be praying about regularly. Because it's stuff that we will deal with on a regular basis. You know, and some things are still hard to give up. You know, we like them, like food. You know, I like that stuff. You know, and, you know, but I can have a better balance with that. You know, I, you know I'm good at the all or nothing. You know, I can fast forever and then I can eat a lot. You know, it's like, you know, it's, I have to find balance. It's not one of these character defects that it's like a, an abstinence thing. I'm good with abstinence. You know, boom, cut it off. I'm never dealing with it again. But at some point, I have to have food. 
And once I open that door, it's like everything comes back, you know. But God is trying to teach me discipline. And I'm like, can I just be one of them skinny guys? Can we just pray that prayer? Like, didn't I get be holy enough that you just give me one of those get-out-of-jail-free cards? You know, like, I'll just instantly be like 125 pounds for the rest of my life. One of those cards, like some of the people I know. Jerks. <clears throat> I mean, you know, that we we all have something. You know, some of us are born with a metabolism that doesn't ever turn off. And some of them, you know, we got to wake that thing up. Like, come on already. You're killing me over here. You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me. You know, you know so there's times that, you know, anger is an appropriate thing. You know, that. but wielding anger to hurt people. You know, you know, trying to control people with our anger. Trying to be powerful with our anger is not lust. You know, is it? You know, that there is a purity to sex. You know, that it should be done in God's way. You know, and the, the enemy is always attacking us, trying to pull us into lustful thinking and lustful activities. You know, and then the second that we get married, he tries to kill that thing and pull us apart. You know, and we have to be conscious of sex and how the enemy uses this tool and wields it very well against our mind, against our heart, against our body. You know, that we have to be paying attention to this because there, there is appropriate anger. There is appropriate, you know, sexual desires. But the enemy distorts and pulls things out. You know, there is a time and a season where resentment and unforgiveness play a part. You know, but when we have Jesus, we have to be allowing him to, to minister to our heart and begin to forgive people that we said we would never forgive. You know. It's so important that we allow Jesus to move into these areas. You know, as we allow him to, to move in and we stop fighting him all the time, we start being obedient, you know, we start to see growth. We start to see how we're starting to move forward, you know. And we get free from some of these major sins apart from the ones that were destroying our lives, that we recognize the enemy's attack and condemnation, and we're like, no, 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 I'm not that person anymore. Their identity becomes more and more in Christ as we allow these weeds to get pulled up because the fruit of the Spirit is beginning to emerge. That we're, we're walking in Him and we're not allowing all these things to, to come out of our lives that are destroying us and others. And sometimes we, we cater to them pretty well. You know. But being entirely ready to let go and let God to move into these areas you know, it's something that we have to be praying about. Something that we have to be recognizing. Because we've been living this way since we could remember. Some of these things that we had in our lives, we've had before we even remember things. You know, that we were selfish. Why? Because we're born a sinner. You know, that I want what I want what I want. That doesn't go away. You know, until we sacrifice that thing on the altar of Jesus. You know, when we start to be selfless and we start to serve people and we start to to see the benefit of our fellows. You know, that we have to recognize that that this is a process and we are allowing Jesus to move. You know, that it's so important that we recognize the condemnation that comes with it so we can defeat the enemy by saying, you know, this is written. You know, this is what Jesus says about me. You know, and this is what Jesus says about this sin, even though I don't like it. Well, I'm going to start applying this scripture to my life, and I'm going to start to say this. You know, I had some real bad anxiety. You know, and I started praying, you know, Philippians, you know, four over my life. A peace beyond understanding is going to come. A peace beyond understanding. I'm going to trust you, Jesus. I'm going to trust you. I thank you, Lord. You're going to take care of this. 
And I had to start saying that to myself every time my brain started running. Because I'd get on that track of those things, and the enemy would be like, yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, I'm five miles down the road, and I'm hating everybody, and I, you know, I don't want to do this anymore, and I'm going to run away. And murmur, murmur, murmur. I got all this stuff I'm complaining about. And the enemy's like, yeah, you're doing great. And I'm like, you know, and I'm getting frustrated. No one sees it because I can't let anybody see what's really going on. You know, and it's like I we recognize it quicker and quicker. Like, no, 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 I'm not going there today. You know, if I allow this track to run, we play the tape forward as they tell us that, you know what, I'm going to let this lustful track, you know, and then I'm going to think of that. And then later on, I'm going to be in my room and oh, so-and-so is not going to be home. And, whoop, and there I am. And then the enemy's like, yep, you suck. And condemnation comes full force. And we start recognizing, you know, how we get, we trap ourselves in our thinking and how we go the wrong way. And we start bringing every thought back to the obedience of Christ. And we start praying certain scriptures over our lives. And we start applying certain scriptures. And we allow accountability in. You know, not having accountability is a character defect, in my opinion. Is that I'm going to do it myself. I don't need anybody's help. And how often do we fail when we do that? Nearly 100% of the time. You know, why? Because the Bible tells me one person standing alone is going to be defeated by the enemy. I have no ability to defeat the devil by myself. Well, it's just me and Jesus. I'm not Jesus. You know, and I will manipulate myself into things that I want to do. You know, so it's important that we have people around us that know what we're going through, that we're being honest with, that we're becoming prayer partners with, that we pray for them, they pray for us, that we, you know, and that's why we do the small groups. That's why we are trying to live life together, that we don't have to be alone all the time. You know, and we start recognizing the lies, that it's not going to matter if I just do it one more time, right? And the truth of the matter is, is that we get stuck in that pattern. You know, I'll just do it tomorrow. You know, I, I've done it so many times, what's the big deal? You know, I'll just start later. You know, and I'll, uh, and we make excuses of why we can trip back into things. You know, and it's important that we recognize these lies and we start speaking truth over it. And we really begin to recognize what God says about us in spite of all of it. That God loves us. You know, he has a purpose and a plan for us. You know, that he's going to use us. He's going to use everything that we go through for his glory. What the enemy intended for evil, that God will use for his glory. Genesis 50-20 that we begin to believe that God is going to use us as ambassadors of light into other people's darkness. But we have to let the people that have walked before us be the light in our darkness. So often we're trying to you know, walk down the road and we're blind and we're constantly in the ditch. And we're like, I don't know why I'm getting in the ditch. I'm like, well, I told you to go right and you went left. Well, yeah, but I, I have to do this myself, which is a complete lie. You have people around you that want to help you. All you have to do is ask. And then the people that want to help also have to ask because we get caught up in our own thinking sometimes and we isolate ourselves and life is life. And I don't want to bother anybody, which is a complete lie too. You know, the, the Bible says that we're to bear each other's burdens. So what? You know, I mean, there's a million excuses that we use that if actually we went in the word, Jesus says this. Eh, there goes that one. You know, and we could go through our defense mechanisms of why we don't allow people in our lives and scripturally just completely cut that stuff out. You know, we're to live one another. We're in communion with one another. That we are to live life with one another. You know, it's an important part of our process of finding freedom. You know, so I really encourage you, you know, to not be beat up by this. That we all have stuff. I have stuff. 
but it's time to say, God, I'm entirely ready for you to start working on me, and I'm ready to do it your way, and I'm ready to go where you're asking me to go, and I'm ready to let go of some of these things, and even if I like them, I'm ready to let go of them, and even the ones I don't see that I completely tell people I don't have, you know, if it's really there, I suppose, I'll let you take it. You know, and we become ready to let Jesus move in our lives because we're, none of us are content where we're at. We don't like it. We're saved. We're sober. We're free in some levels. We have freedom from where we once were. But there's times we're like, ah, I'm a complete wretch. I'm a complete wretch. Am I even really saved? And Jesus is like, yeah, I love you, dude. Like, you're not helping me be in my pity party right now. You shush. I'm trying to feel horrible so I can go do something I'm not supposed to do. You know, and we set ourselves up for defeat. Why not start setting ourselves up for victory and saying enough is enough? I'm ready to lay that stuff down at the altar. I'm laying my life down at the altar, but I'm going to know that God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect. And it's not going to be easy. Will there be suddenlies in some of this? Sure. But the majority of us is discipline and, and and walking this stuff out, fighting through prayer, that our weapons are not carnal, that we're going to have to pray, that we're going to have to be accountable, we're going to have to constantly fight that thing off, that when we resist the enemy enough and we submit to God, the enemy's like, eh, you finally got it. I guess i got to leave him alone in that area and I'll pick something else. And he'll wait for the opportune time. You know, you can have years sober and all of a sudden the thought of a drink and a drug pops in your head. You're like, where's that coming from? The enemy obviously thinks I'm weak at the moment, so you can shut your face, devil, and keep it moving down the road. You know, there's times that we're going to trip, you know, in our thinking. And we have to get back on track and say, no, 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 not today, devil. Get behind me and keep it trucking down the road following Jesus. Can any of us honestly say that I'm following Jesus 100%? No. No, we can't. So what's in the way? Let's start figuring it out. Let's step up our game. Can we be super religious? No, that's not the point. The point is being obedient. What is he telling us right now, saying, give me this, let go of that, start doing this? Let's just start there. Let's start doing what he's already telling us to do and see what happens. Because I guarantee that that little voice that's telling us to do stuff that we don't want to do is probably leading us towards stuff that we really, really want. And if we start stop listening to the enemy, it's like, oh, just one more time, it'll be okay. Like, you shut your face, because that cupcake is not talking to me. <laughs> You know, and we start walking towards freedom because we're being obedient to the Holy Spirit. We're being obedient to the Word to the best of our ability. We're trusting in Him. We're saying, I'm going to push through this. I'm scared to death right now. I hate this in the best possible terms of hating God because He's stretching me. He's working on me. He's doing stuff that I don't like because my flesh is screaming at the top of His lungs. No, not that way because my flesh is dying. That's a good thing. You know, and we're learning to walk with Him. We're learning to walk with freedom. And we don't have to do this alone. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, we thank you so much. We thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you for your grace that has forgiven us and empowers us to change, empowers us to become more like you. We ask that you would pour out your grace upon us, Lord. We ask that you, we would realize that your mercy is new every morning, that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus because your blood has washed away all our sins. So, Lord... I pray that we would come before you and repent of whatever we need to repent of. And we would know that you're faithful and just to remove all unrighteousness, Lord. But help us to begin to pray and say, God, what is in us 
that is keeping us from you. Show us what's in the way, Lord, and help us to lay that thing down. Help us to put that thing aside and help us to, to crucify that thing. Help us to circumcise that thing so that we can be free in you, Lord, that we want more freedom that you provide. We do not want this world. We do not want the carnal flesh. We don't want sin, Lord. We want you and you alone. Lord, so help us, press us on to you, Lord. Help us to hear your voice, Lord. We pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, Lord. We ask for refilling of the Holy Spirit, Lord. We ask for the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We give you complete permission to move in our lives. Begin to illuminate things that we're supposed to let go of. Begin to illuminate things that we're supposed to press on towards. Lord, we need you so much in our lives, Lord. We believe that you are the only one that can give us the freedom that we desire. You're the only one that can satisfy us, Lord. There is nothing in this world that can ever fill us up. There's nothing in this world that can ever satisfy us, Lord. Help us to uproot these things that are in our lives that continue to prevent us from walking in the the men and the women that you have called us to be, Lord. We need you so much. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen.